In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is at work. The Lord's disciples are casting out demons, healing the sick, and proclaiming repentance. King Herod knows this sermon about repentance, and he thinks that John the Baptist is back from the dead because he hears John's words echo in the preaching of Jesus and his disciples. Those words and deeds remind Herod of his guilt. He knew what he had done to the Lord's prophet, and he was afraid. In their words, Herod heard the same preaching, the preaching of death, that the sinner deserves death for his sins, that Herod was a sinner, that Herod deserved to die. It was on a trip to Rome that he had fallen in love with Herodias, his brother's wife slash niece. And yes, that's that family was sort of a mess. So he dumped his wife, and he takes Philip's wife instead. But then that stinky wilderness prophet showed up with his preaching. Herod, it isn't lawful to have your brother's wife. This preaching frightened Herod. And yet, at the same time, he was intrigued because he knew that John was righteous and holy. But Herodias, on the other hand, she couldn't stand this preaching. So for her sake, Herod had John bound up in prison. But an opportune time would come for Herodias. It was Herod's birthday. Abundant food, flowing wine, dancing girls, no pious Jew, no respectable person would be found at a party like this. But there is the daughter of Herodias, dancing before the men and bringing them pleasure. So drunk on wine and enticed by the beauty before him, Herod swears an oath, I'll give you whatever your little heart desires even up to half my kingdom. So after a brief consultation with mom, the daughter eagerly demands, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The party fell silent. You know that the right duty would have been to break his foolish oath So choose wisely, O king. But it was not to be. For Herod, the cost of repentance was too high. Unwilling to restore his brother's wife, unwilling to forsake his foolish oath, he will be like Adam of old. He will listen to the voice of his wife and bring her deeper into his own sin. He will command the sword to remove the Baptist's head. There would be no trial. Herod refused to receive the death that John was preaching. He refused to die to his sin 
and he forced John to bear the punishment instead. John wouldn't soften his message in the face of death. Though the time of his death may have been a surprise, John was ready for it. He had been up close and personal with Herod. He knew that his preaching would, without fail, lead to death. Either Herod would die to himself and bear the fruits of repentance, or John would die, spilling his martyr blood. His preaching meant death. He wielded the sword of God's word against Herod's sin, and Herod brought down the sword of the executioner upon John's neck. John will pay for Herod's folly. O foolish Herod, you have raised your hand against the Lord's voice. You thought that you could silence that voice with a sword, But even now, his words still echo in your conscience, preaching against the sins of your past. This execution to silence this prophet's voice has thus been written and is now proclaimed to all the world and in all generations. Even with head removed, John still speaks. The voice crying out in the wilderness won't go quietly. For you also have John's preaching this day. He preached a baptism of water combined with God's word, a baptism into repentance. Repentance means death. To preach this baptism is dangerous and deadly. To receive what this baptism brings will mean death. Death for the preacher and death for you. Baptism exposes, accuses, and condemns your sin. Your lust and greed are laid bare. Your pride and fear lie naked. Your hard heart and grudges are uncovered. St. John does not bring advice, nor permit you to defend your sin. Wherever your sin may be, whether hands or heart, mouth or mind, It lies exposed to the one to whom you must give an account. So repent. Seek to do better. Turn away from the lies of your flesh and fear God. This kind of repentance is hard. It will hurt. And even so, hard and hurt won't begin to describe it. The repentance that is demanded is impossible for you. This repentance will kill you. For when St. John calls you to repentance, to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the world's sin, then he calls you also to go to your death. Baptism doesn't deal gently with sin. It will not look the other way at an indiscretion It will not tolerate disobedience to God's word. So what do you think? Do these words trouble your conscience? Do they leave you afraid? Does this preaching have you checking under the pew for a sword to silence the preacher? 
You have been seduced by your eyes. You have sworn foolishly. You, like Herod, have cared more about what people think of you than what the Lord's word says. You have brought others with you into your sin. You have looked for ways to silence the Lord's word. You have been tempted to ignore the preaching, to harden your heart and conscience to what God says. Someone is going to die for this preaching. That's how it always is when the Lord's word is preached. Faithful preaching will bring death to the preacher. He must die to the idea that he can preach his own thoughts and ideas. He will die by the words of true repentance proclaimed from his mouth. He will die to sin, and perhaps also he may die by shedding his own blood. That's what it meant for John. The preacher who preaches Christ must die. But where one preacher is silenced for preaching God's word, another rises in his place. The world cannot silence the word by silencing the preacher. Nor can you silence the word in this way. For even if you ignore God's word today, it will still be proclaimed to you. You will hear it spoken by others. And like Herod, you will hear it echo in your conscience. So today... Listen to the preaching that will kill you. Take hold of it by faith. All those who submit to this death by faith in Christ will die to the passions of the flesh. Baptism crucifies you. Old Adam's head is cut from your flesh, and you are buried in the earth. The waters of this font are your grave, O Christian. In this place, you are buried with Christ, the crucified one. It is Christ's baptism. In his baptism, he is baptized unto death. And so it is for you. Baptized into his baptism, you are baptized to share in his cross. You belong to his death. His death that covers all your sin. Your baptism where all your sin that has been exposed and laid bare is given over to Christ. And you in return are given his righteousness and his life. Thus in this washing you are made free from death. But for partaking in this washing... The world will will persecute you. For receiving this saving bath, the world desires you to die. By this water, you bear the name of Christ. So they will seek to put you to death when and where they can. It's what they did to John and all the prophets. It's what they did to Christ. The death of all the prophets pointed toward the death of Christ. For the death they preached was his. So now, who is the real forerunner? In time, John was born before Jesus, 
preached before Jesus and was killed before Jesus. But in God's economy, Jesus is the one who runs before all, running into death and hell, dragging sin and Satan down with him, running before John and all his saints. It is the Lord who prepares the way for you through death and into life. And so because of his promise, the martyrs died faithfully, willingly, even gladly. For the promise is this, that all those who are in Christ have already died. Physical death is but the gate to life immortal. All who die go to await the resurrection of all flesh in Christ, and by his resurrection they will be raised. Those saints that John sees in Revelation are waiting for that day. They cry out, how long? How long until God puts all enemies under his feet? How long until the wicked are destroyed? How long until the righteous are delivered? How long, O Lord, how long? These saints, these martyrs are with Christ. They have suffered and died for their witness to him. In John's vision, he sees these saints live under the altar not only located near the altar, but under it, sheltered and shielded by it, sustained by the sacrifice upon it, the life lived out under the Lord's cross. And so in this way, John's vision of these martyrs also includes you, for you live under the rule of the Lord's altar. His altar graciously governs your life, For it is at this altar that you once again receive his life put into you. And so made one flesh with Christ, his life in yours. So you live as he does, trusting confidently in your father's word. Wealthy and powerful Herod was brought to fear by John's words. But John, locked up in prison, was fearless. He would not back down before the might of the king. For in Christ, he had the courage to keep preaching, even in prison, even unto martyrdom and death. Thus, you, O Christian, are like St. John the Baptist. With your Lord's promise, you have nothing to fear. So in your life, you speak God's word boldly and faithfully. What can man do to you? If you live, you live with Christ. If you die, you depart to live with him. And so in Christ, you die like St. John. It may not be a bloody death like his. It may not come abruptly. But you will die in Christ. Baptized into Christ Jesus, you are baptized into his death. You have died with him. 
But even more than that, you are baptized into his resurrection. Jesus isn't going to die again, and neither will you. Jesus has taken you into his death, and he brings you with him into his life, life under his altar. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.